Would you all please stand with me as we read God's word? Howard, we reading from Judges chapter 6, verse 1 through 16. Um, I'm Zach Ford, by the way, the technical director here at Good News. The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, for seven, and for seven years he gave them to the hands of the Midianites. Because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared, sh- prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and eastern peoples invaded the country. They camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep, nor cattle, nor donkeys. They came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count them all or their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. Midian so impoverished the Israelites, they cried out to the Lord for help. When the Israelites cried out to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet who said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians, and I delivered you from the hand of all of your oppressors. I drove them out before you and gave, them, gave you their land. I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live, but you have not listened to me. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak of Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abizarite, who is the son, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us to the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that it doesn't return void. God, I thank you that you call even the least of us, even the weakest. God, we thank you. God, I ask as Brother Terry comes up, God, that you will use him, Lord God, God, that the Spirit will open our ears to hear what it is saying. God, that he will be led by your Spirit. And God, that it will go forward, Lord God, and change our lives forever. We thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Zach. Zach is the director over our community, or I mean, over our production team. Can we just give our production team a hand because they do a great job? And thank you to Pastor Walt for this opportunity to share the gospel. Um, it's always a humbling experience, and I take it so personal. Um, so if I start running on the stage and doing flips, it's all good. Okay? So in this, um, what he just shared were a couple of things. One is that he was hiding. Gideon was hiding. He was in fear. And we all live sometimes in an area of fear. And yet God comes to him in the midst of his fear and doesn't call him a warrior. He calls him a mighty warrior in the midst of fear. He calls him a mighty warrior. And the other thing is this, Gideon's trying to get out of it. He interrupts God twice saying, pardon me, pardon me, pardon me. Right. 
And then later on in that, in those chapters, he even puts fleeces, which are like requests out to God that if you're really God and you're really talking to me, then I want you to do these specific things. And God answers those specific things to show that he really is the true God. So my message today is for us today. It's called awaken the warrior within you. It's time to awaken the warriors in the house. And the definition to warrior is one who is engaged. If you're engaged with God today, you're a warrior of God. You're a warrior of the kingdom. And the other definition is maybe you're engaged in a struggle or a conflict. So maybe there's something in your house, something on your job that you are struggling with. It's a conflict. That means that you're in a battle. But you must be engaged. And what I want to do is maybe some of you have seen this before. Uh, it's a video. And it really summarizes what I want to start off with, because we just talked about Gideon in chapter six. We're going to go to chapter seven in a minute, but to get there, we're going to take the scenic route around, you know, scenic, scenic route is like, it'll get you to your destination, but you get to stop somewhere and take a look at something. So I want us to stop and take a look at one in this video, who are, who God is, who Jesus is in us. Because as a warrior of the kingdom, you've got to know who you're fighting with or who's fighting for you. Right. And the other thing is, who are we in Christ? And the last thing is, I'll share a story about a battle that I was in where I didn't have what God needed me to have in my hand. And I just want to tell you, as Zach read just a minute ago, you know what it was all about? It was about God telling Gideon this. You may be fearful and you may not be worthy and you may be the least of these in your families, whatever you may be today. But God is saying this. I in your hand. Or in my hand, you are an awesome and a mighty warrior. Can we watch the video? The Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's a king of Israel. He's a king of righteousness. He's a king of the ages. He's a king of heaven. He's a king of glory. He's a king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be at all sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. 
He rewards the diligent and he beautifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his burden is light. I wish I could describe him to you. He's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. Well, you can't get him out of your mind. You see, you can't get him off of your head. You can't outlive him, and you can't live without him. Well, the Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him, and the grave couldn't hold him. Amen. That's our king, isn't it? And you know what? Because that's our king, I want you to know that we have the DNA of that king. We as warriors in the kingdom have the DNA of the kingdom in each and every one of us. And I want to share with you the scriptures now. We just talked about who he is and he lives in us. It's no longer we that live or I that live, but now Christ who lives in us. But now I want to share some scriptures about who we are. In Ephesians 2.10, we are God's handiwork. Galatians 3.26, we are children of God through faith. 2 Corinthians 5.20, we are Christ's ambassadors. 2 Corinthians 5.17, we are a new creation. The old is gone and the new is here. Romans 8, 31 through 39. We are more than conquerors. If God is for us, who what? Who could be against us? Matthew 14. We are the light of the world. And a light cannot be hidden on a hill. We are the light of the world. Ephesians 1, 4. He has chosen each and every one of us to be holy and blameless in the sight of God. We have the DNA of the kingdom. We are children of the kingdom. And God wants us to use that DNA to activate that warrior in us. As God called uh, Gideon a great warrior. He could have called him just a warrior, but he called him a great warrior. And in this house, we have great warriors. The brother or sister to your right, if they're a believer in Christ, you are a great warrior in the kingdom. Not just a warrior. And if we can put up the next picture. This is a picture of an individual going through a high wire. Some of you have seen these before. And this individual is going on the high wire. And as I saw this, I thought, you know what? That's us. Sometimes God is asking us to do something that there is no blueprint for. 
Sometimes he's asking us to go places and it doesn't make sense. Sometimes he's asking us to take steps of faith and sometimes the ground doesn't seem very stable and he's telling us to go in this direction, such as we're going with the campus that we'll be going to soon. Sometimes it doesn't make sense, but here's the thing. If he does not have that pole, he falls down, right? Our pole, how do we balance ourselves? It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the pole that balances us in our journey. He's the one that tells us to go right or left. He's the one that tells us to yield when the storms of life, if we're on this journey and the winds come and we need to be balanced, he's the one that tells us to stop or to slow down. The Holy Spirit is our balancer in what God is calling us to do. Amen? And many times God is asking us to do some unbelievable things and there's not a blueprint for it. What I love is the fact that God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the one he calls. And each and every one of us are called great warriors in the kingdom of God. And he has equipped you to make a difference in your city. The battle or struggle may look different, but it always calls for a response of a warrior. The battle will always call for a response. And you see it in, you see it with David and Goliath. You see it with a child who goes to battle. His, his father first tells him, Hey, I've got these provisions. I want you to go to your brothers uh, that are at the battlefield and I want you to give them these provisions. And David goes and the army of Israel had over 300,000 men and all 300,000 men are scared of Goliath, this giant, this person that they're all scared to battle, fear. Fear, fear, just as you, just as we talked earlier about Gideon, he was in a place of fear hiding out. So now this army is scared to charge one person. I cannot believe 300,000 men could not have charged him at one time and defeated this giant. That's what I would have thought, right? But what happens? He's sitting there listening to the insults coming from the enemy. And sometimes you get insults coming at you. And sometimes it demands a response. It demands a response from a woman or a man of God that is full of the word, who is full of the Holy Spirit, who is in prayer consistently and persistently. But here's David. Here's the insults. And here's what David does. And you all know the story. David gets a sling. He gets a rock or a pebble. And he defeats Goliath. Down goes Goliath. He's gone. And here's what happened. A 14, 12 to 14 year old boy, whatever David may have been, goes to the battlefield with grown men there not doing anything. And he steps into his calling and the warrior and David is awakened. David now changes not just his life. He changes a nation. All because he all because he was awakened as a warrior of the kingdom. And it totally changed. You can change your city. You can change your place of work. You can change your campuses. You can change whatever venue God has placed in your hand. You can change it as a mighty warrior of God. Can I get an amen? You know, I had a situation that happened to me some time ago. Um, and um, I just wasn't prepared. You know, um, I, I would say maybe from a work perspective, I'll, I'm going to share two perspectives from a work perspective. Um, one was at UPS. I was a district uh, HR manager, so I had Nebraska, South Dakota, North Dakota, and Montana. So I traveled a lot. 
And uh, it was really about resolving a lot of issues and working with people. But I remember one time I went into a meeting and uh, my boss was not very happy that day. Um, you know, I was usually number one. I say this humbly. I was number one, two or three in the country in my field out of everybody countrywide. But that day I was number two instead of number one. My boss was not happy at all. She wanted to be number one. And I was striving to be number one. But I remember going into that meeting and I like was not prepared for what was about to happen. And I go in there and I'm kind of confident. Okay. I was number two, but I can get back to number one the next day. And I go into that meeting and I wasn't prepared. I should have been more prepared in answering the questions on why I was number two and that it should never happen again. But instead I kind of went there. Oh, we're number two, but next month I'll be number one. Here's what we're going to do. And I remember the meeting did not go very well for me. I was not equipped. I should have been more equipped with the fact that, um, how am I going to be number one? How am I going to stay at number one for the next six months? And I just wasn't equipped for the battle that came at me and it came at me pretty hard. And I remember leaving there kind of shaken, kind of fearful. I wasn't fearful of my job, but I just remember thinking, man, I blew that. I was not prepared, but I remember another situation that was probably a little bit more in depth in depth. And I had to go to Montana for a situation. And I went to Billings, Montana. I flew in there and I had met with some young supervisors and managers. And after the meeting, they, I was asking about hunting, even though I don't hunt, it was just conversation. And they started to tell me that the winters were not very cold. So the bears have not hibernated and the mountain lions were real aggressive. So I thought, well, no big deal. I'm going to be in a car and I'll worry about this. So I then get in an airplane and I go to Helena, Montana, where a friend of mine, Rob Shaw, picks me up. And Rob was a new Christian and Rob picks me up and we had three hours before the next meeting. And I said, Rob, let's, let's drive up through the mountains. He goes, sure. Great. So we went to the hotel, dropped my coat off and everything I just had on my suit. We're driving through the mountains and it's great. I mean, there's a stream flowing by the car. I mean, this is like really pictures. It's awesome. And we're driving for another hour and some snowflakes start. We got an F-150. We're not concerned. You know, half hour later, there's more snow coming down. I mean, it's really coming down but we got an F-150. We're not scared. And we get all the way up to the very top of the mountain and it's like snow and buckets. And all of a sudden there's a sign at the top of the mountain that says snowmobiles start here. All other vehicles turn around. So I said, Rob, let me get out and back you. That's a UPS thing, right? Pastor Mark who's from UPS, um, former UPSer. And I got out of, I was getting ready to get out of the vehicle. Rob will stop, get in the vehicle. I've got this. So I said, cool. So I closed the door. Rob starts backing the vehicle up and we hear, and all of a sudden the vehicle starts going higher than what it was. And we're hearing this scraping sound. We were high centered over like this cliff of a mountain and the wheels are like turning, but they're like over this cliff of this valley. And the, the snow is so packed underneath our truck. It's ice that we can't get the vehicle out. So Rob looks at me and he goes, man, this is not good. We tried our phones. Sprint and Verizon, of course, what happens? Out of range, right? So Rob, so Rob goes, Terry, we're going to start walking. So I said, okay, let's start walking. I said, where are we going to walk to? He goes, I saw a house three miles down the road. Now it's really snowing buckets. And my first thought was being a city slicker. The bears are not asleep and there's mountain lions. So I look in the truck. There's no shovel. There's nothing. All I could find was an ice scraper. So in the glove compartment, I take this ice scraper out 
And Rob's shaking his head looking at me. And I go over to a tree and I break a branch. And I said, Rob, put this branch in your hand. We might need this. And he's just shaking his head. We're walking for about 10 minutes and he stops. He goes, why do you need an ice scraper? And I explained to him about the lions, about the mountain lions and the bears. So we're walking and it's coming down and my feet are freezing. We finally get to our destination. It's a house. And all I can tell you is this. This was not a Hallmark movie. Okay. The snow's coming down. Dogs are barking. There's, there's people in the house. We can see him. The lights are on and people are moving. And I didn't even go. Like I stood back and said, Rob, I'm not a natural person from Montana. I think you should go knock on the door, you know? And there's axes lined up on this porch, right? The slew's not even covered. I mean, we're really in a bad situation. And Rob goes and knocks on the door. He just became a new Christian. And they wouldn't open the door. And Rob is still working on his faith. And Rob blesses them with a word that was not a Christian word as he walks away. And I'm looking at Rob going, man, you should not have done that. And Rob looked at me and goes, hey, we're in big trouble. And I go, what are we going to do? And he goes, Terry, the only other houses there's this cabin up on this mountain on the hill we're gonna have to walk up there and i'll never forget what rob said he says terry but here's here's the issue we're gonna go through these mountains near these trees i don't know what's up there but i'm gonna take this stick and i'm gonna poke it in the ground and you're gonna have to walk in my footsteps and i said why he says because people trap up here so i don't have bears mountain lions now i got traps and i got an ice scraper And we start walking up this mountain and we're going through these trees. And I'm thinking to myself, how did I get myself in this situation? Anybody ever been in a situation or a battle where you wondered, how did I get myself into this? Come on now. So I'm, so, so we go up this mount, this, this hill and I'm just freezing cold. My suit is totally wet. And we get up to this mount, up to the hill, up to the cabin. He knocks on the door. We knock on the door. This guy opens up the door. It's a big, huge fireplace. That's all he's got burning. And he, he welcomes us in, and we told him that we're lost. And on, on his wall was every animal from Animal Planet. <laughs> every animal but a human being head. So Rob and I are looking at this guy, and he goes, hey, you know, I can pull you guys out. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, but we're not staying. So Rob and I tell the guy, we'll meet him back. So we went back down this mountain, back through another three miles because we weren't very confident with this guy. And the guy did show up eventually. But you know what's very interesting as I think about this, what happened to us? You know, as I was walking, I had to trust Rob. I had to trust Rob that where Rob, where Rob was leading me and the steps that I was taking were the steps that I was supposed to take. And in the kingdom of God, there's many times God is telling you, you got to trust the steps that I'm taking. You got to trust the steps that I'm asking you to go to. It may not make any sense, but you've got to trust me. I know what's ahead, right? So Rob and I finally get towed out and we're driving down this mountain. I'm not talking at all. We're not talking at all. An hour goes by. Rob goes, Terry, uh, I think you're upset with me. I said, yeah, I'm a little upset with you. And uh, Rob goes, and he pauses. He goes, I got to ask you one question. I said, what, Rob? He goes, what in the world were you going to do with an ice scraper in the mountains? And I said, Rob, I'll tell you what I was going to do. I said, I figured if a mountain lion or bear came, I was going to hit you with the scraper. You were going to fall to the ground. And by the time they ate you, I was gone. And yeah, somebody applauds that. That's sick. So, 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 so Rob goes, Rob looks at me and he goes, and he knows me. He goes, you're a Christian. You wouldn't do that. I said, Rob, you didn't know me before I was a Christian, 
right? So, and the reason why I'm telling this story is because of this. We go into the battles of life. We're confronted with the enemy. We're confronted with things that make no sense. And we're trying to defeat our enemy with an ice scraper. You've got something in your hand that will not defeat the enemy. Right? And God has equipped you as a mighty warrior with things that will defeat the enemy. The power of prayer. The power of being in the word of God. The power of worship. God has equipped us with those things. The power of integrity and character. The power of the Holy Spirit. God has equipped us as warriors in the kingdom of God. And I can tell you right now, I was very scared that day. I really thought when I was on those mountains, I may not have seen my family again. I thought, this is how people die or get in places that they should not be. But here's what I realized is this. Can we put the scripture up? And many of you know this scripture. Second Timothy 1, 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. And in this, to get to Gideon, Gideon is also in a situation of fear that he just talked about. Gideon's hiding out. He's fearful, just as I was fearful in the mountains. And some of you may be fearful in your situation. And some people may be looking at you and they're saying, you're the least of these and you could never be used of the kingdom. Well, that's not what it says in this Bible. God calls him a mighty warrior in the midst of his fear. So Gideon in chapter 6 is very fearful. And what happens in chapter 6 is this. Gideon is now challenging God and saying, if you're really God and you're really telling me to do this, there's some fleeces I'm going to put out before you, and I want you to answer these fleeces. I want you to answer these questions that I'm going to put out before you. And God begins to answer every question. Now Gideon all of a sudden starts feeling, um, he starts feeling very confident. All of a sudden now he starts to realize that I am a mighty warrior. All of a sudden now he starts to realize, you know, God is with me. God is for me. And all of a sudden now he gets to, chap- to chapter 7. And here's what happened. And some of you know the story. Gideon gets, to, Gideon gets to the point where God calls him a mighty warrior. And now all of a sudden he's starting to feel it after being fearful. And some of you may be fearful in your situation. But God wants to take you from your fear to being a mighty warrior. And here's how God does that, right? God sees your situation. But he sees your future even more. And that's what he did with Gideon. He saw the fear of Gideon. But what he saw in his future was a great warrior. And some of you may not be thinking that you're great warriors in the kingdom. And I come today with a message to tell you, if you're a believer in Christ, you are a great and mighty warrior for the kingdom of God. But you know what maybe has not happened? You haven't exercised your warrior. The materials of being a warrior. You haven't been in prayer long enough, in the word long enough. But God has equipped you to do that. So he tells them, God tells Gideon, gather an army. So he gathers an army. He gathers an army of 32,000 men. And God says, you know what? In chapter 7, basically he's saying, Gideon, I'm going to challenge your faith. You challenged me in chapter 6 and I answered. Now I'm going to challenge your faith in chapter 7. So, so here's what God tells him. Gideon, I want you to tell the men that are fearful to go home. That makes no sense. Because the Midianites have 135,000 men. Gideon only has 32,000. So Gideon's obedient. He says, okay. Those of you that are fearful, go home. 22,000 go home. Here's what I've learned of this. 
when you make up your mind to go after what God has called you to do, be ready to lose some followers. Your journey is not for everyone. Your journey is not for everyone. So all of a sudden that they leave and now there's 10,000 left. And so that God is still putting Gideon to the test. And sometimes he puts us to the test. You see, because to go from faith to faith and from glory to glory, God's going to put you through a test. And that test is that he gets the glory and you see how awesome our God is. So in that, he tells Gideon, okay, you, you just had 22,000 leave. I want to, I want to get rid of some more. He says, I want you to take those men down to the stream and those that lap the water with their hands like this. I want you to keep those guys. And the reason for that was this, as they lapped the water with their hands, they stayed alert of the enemy. The others that kneel down and just sit and just start uh, drinking water from the stream. I want them to go home. Only 300 lapped the water. 300 to go in battle against 135,000 men. And the Bible says this, that the Midianites had so many camels that it was like counting sand on a seashore. But let me tell you something. This is what I want to bring home today is this. But little is much in the hands of God. So single mom, you may not have much. You may not have much confidence. You may not have much in your home. But let me tell you something. Little is much in the hands of God. To the single father, little is much in the hands of God. To those of you at work, you may not have the status of some of the others. But little is much in the hands of God. For those of you that God has called and maybe you don't feel fully equipped, little is much in the hands of God. So God tells Gideon, okay, you got 300. It's time to go to war. But you got one thing to remember. God is so unconventional. We've been talking about the book of Luke, about this upside down kingdom. Here's what I realized when I went through Judges, right? In the book of Luke, we talk about the, about this, the, the kingdoms of this world. And then we talk about the upside down kingdom. And what I'm finding out in Judges, that same God has the same characteristics in Judges. He's so unconventional. He's not thinking the way that most people think. He is, he is a spirit. He's led by the spirit of God and he knows how things work out. And let me tell you something, brothers and sisters, if you're not living and, and, and getting into the word of God and seeking your leading of the Holy Spirit, how's God going to balance you? How's God going to speak to you? So God tells him 300 men. Here you go. So now all of a sudden Gideon starts, starts thinking to himself. I got 300 men and 135,000 guys I got to fight. Now, God just called him a mighty warrior. He's got his, you know, he's got some momentum going here. And all of a sudden, God goes, you've got the victory. And Gideon says, before he says a word, God knows his heart. Just like God knows your heart. He may ask you to do something, and you're going, I don't know. But before he answers it, before he answers, God goes, but if you're afraid... He goes, I want you to go down to the enemy's camp. Unconventional. Go down to the enemy's camp. He goes, you know why? Because they're talking about you. Isn't that amazing? Gideon's over here talking about them. They're down at the camp talking about him. So Gideon goes down to the camp with one of his soldiers, one of his entrusted soldiers, and they see two of the army, uh, two of the men of their enemy, the Midianites. And one of them says this. He says, man, I saw. I had a vision. I had a dream. He goes, I saw a loaf of barley, which is like bread. 
right? Rolling down this hill and it took out our camp. Isn't it amazing that God is the bread of life? Isn't it? Come on. See the bread of life? But they said they saw a bread of barley rolling down a hill and it took out our camp. And the other one looks at him and interprets it. And he says, that's Gideon. He's going to defeat us. And all of a sudden, Gideon hears this. And the Bible says Gideon began to worship. Let me tell you something. Worship confuses the enemy. We need to be people of worship. Unconditional. Let it go. I'm not talking doing 360 backflips, okay? But what I'm talking about is deep and biting individual, heart-to-heart, intimacy worship with God. We need to be people of worship. But he said he began to worship. He began to worship before the battle came. So no matter what situation you're going through today, whatever it may be in your home or at work, whatever it may be, listen, just worship. Just worship. Just praise him. And then let him take control. So he worships and he goes back to the 300. He says, here's what we're going to do. He goes, I want you to do as I do. Follow as I follow. Just do as I do, guys. And he has a horn. Lawrence, why don't you start coming up? And he has a horn. And he puts, he says, each one of you 300, we're going to camp the camp of the enemy. And there's going to be a horn in your right hand. And in your left hand is going to be a torch. But we're going to cover the torch with a clay pot. And he says, so on your right hand will be the horn, then the clay pot. And he says, and, and they were getting ready to blow the horn. And today I want you to hear the battle cry of that horn. The first blowing is a long blow, and it's for gathering. Gathering the people, gathering the troops, gathering the believers of God. And then the next two will be, they'll start off with a battle cry. And what it is, it's like hearing feet go to the battle. And then the last one is a gathering cry. Lawrence, if you would, please. Thank you, Lawrence. Now, I want to add real quick is this, is this, our battle cry today is a battle cry of praise and worship unto God. That's what our battle cry is today. So our battle cry that you just heard, our battle cry of praise and worship is for this. This is the way I see it. Our battle cry is for our city. It's for our families. It's for our neighborhood. It's for the place of work. It's for our church. It's for our junior high, senior high. It's for our college campuses. It's for the ground that we're going to take for the kingdom of God in Omaha. Can I get an amen? And we can do this. We can do this. And as they blew the horn, one of the last acts they did was this. They had the fire with the clay pot over it. And they had to let the clay pot go. And as they released the clay pot, it was broken. And as it was broken, the fire was revealed. And in the Bible, in the Old Testament, whenever the fire is revealed, it it represents the presence of God. It represents his presence. But notice something. 
The clay pot had to be broken first. You see, God works in brokenness. God works in broken dreams. Broken situation. God works in brokenness. Before the presence of God comes. But you've got to be broken. I don't know about you, but I want to be broken before God. You see, I want Terry Brown to be crucified every day. I want to be humble before God because I want his presence to live in me. You see, some people want the presence of God, but they don't want to be broken. Some people want to say, I've got the presence of God and I want God to do this and God to do that. But you've never been broken. You've got to be broken in order for the presence of God to do the work that he wants to do in you. And they won the battle. The Bible says they blew that. Literally, the army of the Midianites destroyed themselves. God's unconventional. They didn't draw a sword. They didn't draw a spear. And you can trust him in whatever battle that you're in today. Because he'll lead you by the power of his Holy Spirit. Let me tell you a progression that I saw when I read this scripture. One was Gideon started at a place called Herod. That's where he brought his army. A place of Herod, which was known for a place of fear and trembling. But when you look at where the enemy were, they were in a place called Mora. And the place of Mora is a place of teacher, is what is called teacher. So they went from a place of trier and trembling, trembling to a place that God was teaching them how to defeat their enemy. To the last place that they went to where the battle was won. With this Beth Mora, which is a place of peace. From fearful to God teaching to a place called peace. What are you fearful of today? What is God placing in your hands for the kingdom? Mighty warrior. Mighty warrior Jason and Carissa. Mighty warrior Morgan. Mighty warrior, Pastor Walt, Pastor Mark, Sister Joni. Mighty warriors, what is God placing in your hand today? And in closing, I just want to tell you this. God is calling each one of you a mighty warrior. He's calling you a mighty warrior. You may not think like you are. You may think like Gideon, I'm the least of these. God, are you kidding? Can you really use me? Let me tell you what. I was always the least of these. For a long time, I always thought myself the least of these. I'll never get to this point or to that point. But as I read the scripture, I realized something. I'm a mighty warrior. And you're a mighty warrior in the kingdom of God. And God demands a response today from his mighty warriors. Are we going to take ground for the kingdom? Are we going to go where God says to go? Are we going to trust him? Are we going to get up on the high wire? Are we going to let the Holy Spirit balance us as we go? We may not have the answers to everything, but God does. What if Gideon had went into the fight with swords and spears? They'd have never won. But because of brokenness, the presence of God was revealed and there was victory. Will you stand with me for a moment?
you can be confident that God will not let you down. You can count on his faithfulness. I'm kind of speaking to myself today. And he will not fail you. When the chips are down, when the odds are at stake, like Gideon, that's when God comes. That's when the power of the Holy Spirit comes. That's when the presence of God shows up. And today you're here and the odds might be against you. If God before you, who could be against you? You see, God sees where you're at, but even greater than that, like Gideon, he sees your future. He sees your future, sonny. You're a great warrior in the house of God. Grant, he sees your future. You're a great warrior. So here's what we're going to do. Maybe you haven't been broken and you need to you need to just come to God and say, God, I, I want to be broken. Because you know what? I can't go in this life without your presence. And if that's you, I'm going to ask you to come. And maybe you're a warrior and maybe you've been in slumber. Maybe you've been hurt and wounded and you've never said, you know what? I'm a mighty warrior. You don't even think of yourself as that. I want you to come. But you know how I want you to come? I don't want you to come with your heads down. I don't want you to come with somber. See, you have the king of kings and you have the DNA of a warrior in you. I want you to come with your hands lifted up and with your head up high. Not down. I want you to trust God and I want you to come with your hands up. Maybe you're a mother and you want to come today. Because you know what? You're a warrior in your house and your kids are about to go to school. And you need to have the spirit of a warrior today before they go to school next week. Or maybe you're a leader on your campus today and you got to go back on your campus and you want to have a warring spirit. You want to be ready for what God has for you. I want you to come. Maybe you're a couple and you're saying, you know what? I don't know. I don't know if we're going to get through this thing with this marriage, but you know what? I want you to come. Come with your hands lifted up. Come trusting him and believing him. Come and ask God for an awakening. Be the warrior of prayer. If you don't know, if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, you don't know. We're going to have workers down here shortly, and they'll pray with you. But when I can, can I tell you this? Just come. Just come. Young people, come. Young adults, come. Come and let's see what God can do in your life. We're going to sing this song together. And those of you that want to come, Come and worship with us. Come and worship with us.